Hey, Supers. <laughs> Welcome to another Tank Talk. I'm Super Joe Pardo, and I have some wonderful guests for you here today for Q&A, as well as uh, we're going to do some open door masterminding. So any issues that we've uh, been experiencing in our businesses, we, you know, working through that and kind of just building up, um, uh, you know, solving the problems as they come along. So if you have any questions, please feel free to drop them in the uh, in the chat below. I'm going to Oh, I have to add, I'll add a ticker. Um, so for, first, let me introduce who we got on the line so far. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm totally going to butcher your last name. You know, you know, it was coming. Uh, Lindsay, say it for you. Super Lindsay Flashower. Did I say it right? Lindsay Flashower. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm so how to even spell it. Yeah, so I went from Beluga to Flashower. Like, you can get like Smith or Johnson or, you know, something easy. <laughs> <laughs> you're good uh tell 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 super entrepreneurs about uh your you know what business you're on if you're in, and then what like what shark tank episode you were on and i'll get this uh this banner set up sure uh i'm lindsay Fleischauer. i'm co-founders of totes babies uh my dad is the other co-founder and we were on season 12 episode 17 so we just had our year shark tank anniversary so that's exciting and Woo. so weird that it's been a year. I mean, looking back at all, at everything, it's just a huge blur. So uh, we have Totes Babies, which is the car seat carrier, the Totes Babies car seat carrier. So instead of putting your car seat in the shopping cart, you're able to put the uh, Totes Babies car seat carrier horizontally onto almost all shopping carts. And you put your car seat in it and you can fit every all of your groceries, anything you're shopping for in uh, the shopping cart and it adjusts to large carts like Costco all the way down to smaller carts like CVS Walgreens. And yeah, that's what we are. Awesome. And yeah. And, uh, and you, you did wind up getting a deal, right? Yes. I believe. Yes. Yes. We went with Lori on the show. Yes. Lord. Woo. Uh, <laughs> Layla, give it, <laughs> give it up for Layla Shams from TA3 or eat spelled backwards. Uh, <laughs> Layla, please uh, tell the super entrepreneurs about your business and what uh, episode you were on Shark Tank. Okay. Um, it's Leela, not Layla. Oh, Leela. Oh, um, geez. Oh. <laughs> I know. We discussed this last time. It's a totally, that's how my name is spelled. It doesn't make sense. Um, I was on last season 13. I, I don't actually know my exact episode. I should know this, right? Is it 13? I feel like uh, you would know that you better. Keep talking and I will, I will, okay. I will tell you. Uh, my company is TA3 Swim. It's a shaping swimwear line, and we did not get a deal. It was it was twelve. Oh, it was twelve. I don't know if that. Oh, episode twelve. Okay, oh. got it. Season thirteen, <laughs> episode twelve. So we were both on episode twelve. No, I was yeah. Season, sorry. Yeah, but or the reverse. Episode twelve, right. but different. Yeah. Season twelve. And I actually contacted <laughs> you on Instagram because I love the swimwear so much. And I like reached out. I'm like, I need to get one. I love it. I love what you're doing. I need to give you a suit. I'm going to get, send no, you a code. No, no but I, <laughs> and I remembered your episode. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Well, it's just exciting to meet you kind of in person a little bit. So I'm so happy that. Yeah, you're definitely. Yeah. yeah. I actually, I told Lindsay when she reached out to me, I'm like, I reached out to so many other people in the fashion space that were on shark tank, you know, before I went on, um, 
just asking questions or saying like, oh, I'm sorry, you didn't get a deal or whatever. And no one got back to me. I'm like, I feel like we're like in such like a, you know, like a small community of people who have like been through this experience. Um, but actually, Lindsay told me that there's a, a Facebook group and I'm like, oh, my God, I have to be in that. And I added you on Facebook, so I'll, I'll add you to it, too. Okay. <laughs> uh, I love that. I literally an hour ago was just talking to Sarah from uh, from Curie, who was just on this past this past Friday. And uh -huh. she said that that was one of the things that she did uh, in preparation for the show was uh, reach out to a lot of different um, Shark Tank pitches that uh, or entrepreneurs that, you know, she really enjoyed their pitch. And uh, apparently all of them got back to back to her. I, right? Well, someone I, did. Actually, I did talk to uh, one of the founders from Vala. He was super, super nice, and he actually gave me some good advice. Yeah, but some fashion people know. That's typical of fashion, though. The worst, the worst people. <laughs> oh, geez. You got a baby, I, <laughs> baby business that reached out. <laughs> Not that I'm that helpful, but. <laughs> I know I should have I should have like branched out and you know that's typical of me like I, I reach out to a couple of people and just kind of stopped um I should have pushed a little farther well and and that's I think that's a a great lesson there right of of pushing right. and and uh I mean Sarah like I mean this interview won't come out till next Sunday but she literally was just saying that like the Nordstrom said no you know QVC said no like three times but on the fourth or fifth time, like they actually said, yes, you know, somebody else. Exactly. Is, you know, somebody That's else is like it's sales and... 101. You gotta, mm -hmm. I mean, the amount of people that reach out to me on a daily basis, I shouldn't even say this, like, please stop emailing me because it is really overwhelming. Like the number of people that have apps and, you know, all sorts of, you know, when you yeah. have a direct to consumer business, there's so many people that are trying to work with you. And like, Lord knows, like, you don't acknowledge the email until it comes in for the fifth time. I hate to say that <laughs> because it's so annoying and it does like it really, really like buries your important emails under all those emails. But like, Lord knows you do have to keep pushing. Yeah, I think, I, you know, that is I mean, I, I don't get nearly as many emails as probably either one of you get. Um, right. But it is something where if I don't generally get a second email if I'm, if it doesn't pique my interest on the first email and I don't get a follow-up email, I'm probably not the one that's going to follow up anytime soon. No, of course you know, not. not of course not. Follow up yeah, it's and... not on you. And I mean, that's kind of the theory behind sending so many emails. I mean, I, I'm really conflicted about that as a business. I, I don't like receiving emails from other businesses and I don't like sending them to my customers. And the idea that, that like most businesses send one every day that blows my mind. But like the idea is like, yeah, you just have to stay in front of people or they forget about you. Yeah. I, I never want to be annoying, but you kind of have to. I would, I would agree. I, I, uh, I was arguing with my husband who's in sales and I was like, um, I'm like, why do I have to send so many emails? Like, you think Gucci has a mailing list? You think Gucci's sending emails? And he's like, I guarantee that they are. And I went on the website, and there it was, the pop-up yeah. with the sign-up. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. I guess everybody does it. There's an interesting thing there. Uh, I think it, I think it was Gucci or one of the one of those competing companies, right? The Coach or or Gucci or whatever. Right. They uh, they created a special item in uh roblox which i had you know i had never really played my kids really wanted to play it recently 
Um, and while well, in like the last turn, I kept like, no, 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 you don't just play Minecraft. It's fine. You just keep playing Minecraft. But um, but the idea that there would be an uh, a digital item for like forty five hundred dollars when the bag, like the physical bag, it was like something like three thousand, right. right? And and the the marketing idea behind that is ma- enabling Gucci. I think it was Gucci. Uh, to be relevant for the younger generation when they get older, because they're not like, ew, like what, is, like why would I care about a bag that's you know four thousand dollars or three thousand dollars? Because people want a bag net, like the kids want it now because it's so unobtainable. So they see somebody in the game with it, and it's like, whoa, like they paid you know forty five hundred out real dollars to to have this thing. Um, so the the marketing message of of scarcity but also at the same time just putting it in front of people putting it in front of people unobtainable you know for right. for some people is is can be powerful apparently that's, that's, that's so that's so much cooler and more clever than an email though yeah <laughs> it's like yeah that's what like that's what everyone wants to be like super cool super like forward thinking marketing and you're like oh actually i'm gonna send like a discount code in an email you know i'm sorry what do you think i honest i'll be real honest we don't send a ton of email blasts uh maybe maybe one to two a month maybe two I'm, I'm the same way. I just, I would rather spend energy on other sources. Uh, TikTok, we've been working on a lot of, a lot of different social media. I feel like trying to stay ahead of the game with that. I personally, when I get any emails, a lot of times I'm like, unsubscribe, unsubscribe, you know what I mean? It's me personally. And I think it depends on the product as well. And there's times too that I've gotten emails and I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. It does put it in the forefront of your mind. However, it's annoying at times. So waiting through all of that, but also we do still do it, just not on a daily, weekly basis by any means. I think it comes down to the person and how they, they, and I'm going to use a kind of a cliched, funny word for, for inbox, for a digital mail inbox, but how they honor their inbox, right? Like if they're an inbox zero person, I don't want a ton of things coming in that it's just clogging it up versus like somebody who's like, ah, I got 50,000 emails anyway. Just, I, you know, maybe I open it, maybe I don't. I just move on to That's the next me. one. There's, there's 50,000 other ones. So what the heck? <laughs> I'm obsessed with inbox zero people though. I think that's fascinating. Like my customer service person is an inbox zero person and I have like our like work email, like in my email. So mine will be like 30,000 unread and hers will be like at three. And those three probably give her anxiety. (laughs) Yeah. I have friends that are like, they'll have their phones out and they're like, Oh gosh, look at, look at my email. And it says like 500,000. I'm like, ah, like, no. But I'm the person that if I get text messages I delete them and I delete them, like I keep everything. It's weird. I just, oh, that's so impressive to me. It's, it's not. It's it's because then I look back and I'm like, what did they say again? I deleted it, or you know. <laughs> we we uh, we have this message here from Super Denny Decoy uh, watching in the chat. Uh, do you think it's okay to go on Shark Tank with a prototype? Who wants to take the first stab at this? I mean, I think that it's 
I, I, it, it seems to me it's getting harder and harder to get on uh, with if you don't have sales and if you don't have an existing business. I mean, I tried to get on the year before I actually did get on where I was just, you know, prototypes just about to launch. Um, and I didn't get on. And then I got on the following year when I had sales. So I, if you can make it through the process, then I think it's fine. But but I think it would be hard to get on without sales now. I agree. I think go ahead and try it. It can't hurt to try it because you can try every year to get on the show. So I say if you think you've got a great prototype, do it. But also in the meantime of the waiting process, get moving. Like get moving on what you want to do with prototype and work on getting the actual product to get the actual sales to back it up when you do Oh, I don't know what happened there. Oh. <laughs> I just kicked us all out for a second. <laughs> so I, I'm sorry. So fin- finish what you were saying, Lindsay. Uh, that was it. I was just saying if, if if you have the prototype, if you it doesn't hurt, you, it never hurts to try anything, right? So try it and, and apply. And however, in the meantime of the waiting process, go ahead and work on getting the actual physical product and in the once you have the product, backing it up with sales. If you don't get on one season, keep trying. I mean, it's Kim from uh, Click and Carry tried what seven times. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Amazing. So, uh, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, you, you do just have to keep trying, uh, and 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 you know, sometimes it's just not the right time for that product. You know. Uh, um, you know, I keep going back is because it's fresh in my mind that the interview I just did with Sarah from Curie, you know, she went to QVC and they were like, oh, yeah, you know, clean products just aren't a thing for us right now. But then the very next year they were like all of a sudden, it, you know, right. it, it became a thing. So um, that well, obviously, it was a thing before that, but a thing that they could, you know, actively have on there and, and sell and 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 take it to a level that maybe they felt they couldn't or they they just literally tried and, and couldn't get it there a year earlier two years earlier because it was just too ahead of the curve it could also be that it's they have whatever the prototype may be or whatever the product is maybe they already have something similar maybe they have too many baby products or too many fashion things or you know they have to work around the season too right that's a that's a great point. You know, you just sometimes you don't know what what relationships, what things are in the works that you just don't know about because you're not like in there, you know, or um, the internal politics of that company that you're trying to get into, you know, to, to break into like who's getting ready to leave, but it hasn't said it yet. And they're just like putting off emails and like letting like let, kind of letting things go, you know, the reins go a little bit. You just don't know until you know, you're in it and and you get to make those relationships with people. Uh, Leela, I wanted to say your, your, uh, your fingernails, the, the rainbow color is awesome. Yeah, you like, thank you. <laughs> yes. thank you. I'm like, very nice. <laughs> Denny, uh, Denny also asks, let me see here. He also asks, uh, what's the best way to find a manufacturer main company besides looking on Google uh, how do you get evaluation for your product? Well, that's two questions, Danny. Uh, <laughs> that's a, those are some some uh, big big questions there. Um, do either one of you wanna wanna take a stab at this first? Um, I I am a huge fan of Upwork. I I 
I basically built my company um, with Upwork freelancers. Upwork is a freelance website. And there's a lot of people on there that will design prototypes. I mean, I'm not sure, Denny, what market you're in, but they, they'll design them. And there are people who will help you source stuff. So I would try posting a job on Upwork. They, um, A, for the design, because you're not going to, I don't know how far you are in the design process, but you're not really going to be able to approach manufacturers without a really clear design. Um, you can get the design made. You can actually, if it's something that's like, 3D printable, someone could do a 3D print of it. Um, and then you also have sourcing people on Upwork. So I love Upwork. People I would always make fun of me. I'm like, get them on too. Upwork. <laughs> yeah, I would also say networking, asking around, asking around for people that are in the business that you're, of whatever your product may be, asking other people in that business who they've used or if they know somebody who knows somebody. I think networking is a huge thing too. And it never hurts to ask somebody, even if it's somebody that's been on Shark Tank or somebody that has a huge business, it, you never know unless you ask. So I think that's a huge way we used for our packaging, uh, 99design. It's also probably similar to Upwork uh, to get our packaging done. Uh, I think some people spend boatloads of money on packaging and design when there's people that are so amazing in the Upworks in 99design. And it it's looking into different resources like that is huge for starting a business and a product. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, logos, getting your website built, um, all the stuff that goes into the beginning of setting up your business. Like there are agencies that will charge you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, and I'm sure for prototyping and design too, but now, especially because no one wants to work a full-time job, there's amazing people that are freelancing. Agreed. There, there are. There, yeah, I think both those uh, options are, are great. There's, uh, there's a bunch of other services out there uh, as well. Like, um, well, there was like that design pickle was was out for a while, but that's like if you needed like a lot of graphic design for an extended period of time. Uh, and then friends of this show is uh, Penji. Uh, located in Philadelphia here, uh, they they it's like I want to say it's like three two ninety nine or three ninety nine, uh, and it's basically unlimited graphic design per month. You know, it's per month, but Wait, unlimited yeah. graphic design. I need so that. If you have like that kind of need. <laughs> I need mean, that. What's I'll it called? Jonathan. Yeah, Penji? send it. Send it to me. Penji. I'll 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 send I'll send it over to you. They uh, p e n j i dot com. I believe it might be dot net, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's dot com. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Very good friends of mine, Kai and uh, Jonathan. Um, they started out in Camden, New Jersey, and they moved over to to Philadelphia. But uh, but yeah, I think it, I think it's like start the the base package is like two ninety nine, and then if you need like um, uh, presentations and things like that done, then there's like a pro package. I think that might be four ninety nine or five ninety nine a month. But yeah, if you have like a large swath of graphic design things to get done like they're you know they do some yeah. really amazing work over there um and and you get to work with like the same people over and over you know easy you know easy that's great yeah people. but uh he said so denny does say that he has uh designs and 3d images already and that he loves all of us which is awesome <laughs> very <laughs> much you. appreciated denny. <laughs> have you seen patrick's uh, yeah, happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm not wearing yeah. green. Oh, I am wearing green. It's on my watch. It's a, I got the, the, the right there. Oh, <laughs> gosh. I didn't even think about it. Well, I have one. You green got green. Yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> more than zero. 
Uh, and then his, his other question about figuring out valuation. Uh, how do you get a valuation for your product? Do you want to you want to talk about uh, either one of you want to start with? Your, I mean, there you there is your no there is no valuation without sales. Is there? Is that a thing? So yeah, I I would argue yes with a patent but, with a patent. So well with a patent, um, research and development time. Like there's mm. there's things like and then assets. You know, if you you had to invest in say a lab or something to that effect. I mean, it's not going to be super amazing amount of valuation, but there, it, you know, time, your time is worth something. The the uh, the knowledge that went into building something, the relationships that you had to build with maybe getting that manufacturers worth something. You know, we're not talking about maybe hundred. You know, depending on what what level we're talking about, because we might be like, "Hey, we're making the next self driving car, and it's going to take <laughs> five years, right, or ten years right. for us to get there." Is there really a value on that? Two, three years into the development process, well, you have no sales by that logic, right? But there's right. something to be but said for the, the development time, right? The, yeah. the personnel, you know, establishing that team. So it, there is. There's definitely right. some, I mean, look, I mean, how many apps have there been? It's like, we got nothing, you got no sales, but we got, right. uh, you know, 100,000 users. You know, I think like all my business knowledge basically comes from Shark Tank. So like, they so poo-poo anyone that doesn't have sales that like, that like, that's like where I go. I'm like, yeah, but of course, of course there's a value to a business without sales. Right. I just don't know it. In general, in general too, though, if it's if we're speaking Shark Tank terms, they want to see sales and that the product is something that could grow in sales to have that, you know, that's what I would think. That's how I think actually about it. Yeah. I mean, generally speaking, they, they want to see sales because they want to put gasoline on a fire. Right. right? Versus like, Hey, like, and a great example of this is that tire company that was on, uh, with the, the space tire company that was on a couple couple uh, episodes back, right? They weren't quite there yet. With they had no sales, they still weren't a hundred percent sure how they were going to marry the rubber to the tire itself. They were, you know, they had some ideas, but they but 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 having ideas and like actually proving it is a is a different thing. And the sharks were like, yeah, this is cool, but you know, how many people are going to spend $500 per tire or or $1,000 per tire or something like that. So without knowing, without having a clear path to like, okay, you know, we're a year out from getting, being able to actually sell the thing. It makes it really hard because it's like, you're asking for a lot of money because that's the other side of it, right? Is how much money are we talking about, but pre making the sales, you know, if we're talking about a hundred thousand dollars, we're talking about $50,000 or $25,000, it's a big difference to like, $500,000 $500,000 or a million dollars. And it's like, well, we're, we're going to get sales eventually. <laughs> Assuming it'll, every, everything goes right. We're going to, we're going to be right there. I mean, I will say this as well. I am so glad that I didn't get on the first season that I tried to get on. Um, mm. Because if you're not, it's kind of a waste of a lot of time and a lot of effort if you're going to air and you're not ready to go. I mean, I guess the assumption is that once you get an investment, you, your prototype gets manufactured and you kind of rush it through or whatever. But I don't, I mean, I don't know. I didn't get a deal, but um, they're not as hands-on as you think they are, you know, so you kind of want all your ducks in a row. And by the way, you have no idea when you're going to air, you know, so like you could air very close to the time you tape. So 
if you're not ready, if you don't have production in stock, if your website isn't ready to go, if all the, then all that attention is going to be wasted. So I would really, I think like, like Lindsay said, there's nothing wrong with applying, but, um, it's, I, I am so grateful that I didn't get on until I was ready to go. Cause it's a lot of work and you'd hate to waste all that time and all that energy if you're not ready to make sales from it. Yeah. There's so much work involved. My dad and I would be like, this is like three jobs in one, just getting right. everything prepared for Shark Tank and then not even knowing, are you going to air or not? When are you going to air? What if, did we do this for not even being able to air, you know? So right. you do your ducks in a row, you're right. And uh, I think just, like I've said before, being prepared, the preparation is the key to success. I've said before, but having, as you said as well, the ducks in a row to be prepared for what they're going to throw at you. But also when you air, it's week or weeks, months and months later, and your sales could be totally different. So you want at least something to back up what you're showing when you air. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you don't want to, you know, I mean, having pre-orders is great, but you know, it's, it's, it'd be a lot better to have actual sales, uh, to, to, you know, to go off to the races with uh, there, um, a great example of this. So I, I interviewed, um, Regina from, uh, diaper dust and it just went live on Sunday and she was talking about how her, her they sold out so quick, blah, 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 blah. But then her phone kept going off as she, as if she was collecting more sales. It's like, we don't have the inventory for that. And she panicked and I was like, Regina, I'm so glad. <laughs> oh God. I'm so glad that you were able to still take orders rather than just sending people away, you know, and mm. they took like, so like she did pre-orders. Orders. Well, they weren't, well, they weren't intentionally pre-orders. They just oversold. Oh, she oversold. The stock. That's yes, happened that they had before. Available. Yeah. That actually ends up, it's a logistical nightmare, but yeah, it's better than losing all those sales because the people don't really come back. And I could say the Shark Tank audience, I mean, we've, to me, Shark Tank is really similar. It's been the same for us as going viral in other places. So um, you know, I was kind of thinking, oh, people keep rewatching it and you'll keep getting this, like, you know, all these like sales. Cause for us, it's like, we normally know where our sales are coming from, but if it's just a Google search, you know, or if it's direct, it's probably coming from Shark Tank, but it really was, it's surprising how many people watch it on the first night and the second day. Like it was really one week where you get that burst of sales. Mm -hmm. And after that, I mean, me personally, I never watched it the same week. I would watch it like Great. weeks or even months later, but I guess since that's so scattered and so you really only get that rush of sales right after it airs. So yeah, if you don't have that inventory, then they're probably not coming back. So you do want to, you want to, try to sell as much as you can. We actually, when the week before we aired, it was actually a blessing in disguise that we aired later on in the season because we got our inventory like the week before we aired oh, and wow. we were completely out. And it was, you know, cause logistically everything going on even a year ago or two years ago, whenever we, no year ago when we aired, sorry, we, things were crazy then. We never knew when it was coming in and it came in the week before. So it's like, that That's was really lucky. huge blessing. I, I can't even believe it happened. <laughs> it, 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 it's... And Joe's choking. <laughs> Joe's, Joe's dying. 
Somebody help them. <laughs> yeah. The other thing, like for us, is there was a huge burst of customer service inquiries. There was a huge burst of phone calls. Like our normal customer does not call, but the Shark Tank customer was a lot of them were a lot older than the customers that we're used to. And they they like to talk on the phone. They, they wanted it. They wanted to know that like we were legit, whatever, you know, so we got a lot, we had to set up a phone number and we had to deal with a lot of phone calls. We also got way more returns than we normally get. So we luckily had kind of like, we had made our website like nicer right before. And, um, we were prepared with some of the stuff um, that like a year before it would have completely destroyed us, you know, cause it was a lot of work, not just like getting all the orders sent out, but dealing with all the returns, dealing with all the customer service inquiries, you know, um, so many emails and, and then the emails again with the, when people wanted to make a return or exchange. So it was a big customer service rush. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that is uh, dealing with a different different um, type of of customer that you're going to get uh, that you wouldn't normally have access to or or wouldn't see, just see the product in general um, or or maybe even think about it right because uh, the the Shark Tank effect of like well it, I think it's funny that you mentioned that there were so many people that wanted to find out if it was like a legitimate business but I guess in the sense of not getting a deal you know, those savvy Shark Tank viewers would be like, well, maybe there was something that was said that made him think like, oh, maybe this isn't, you know, a legit right. business. If we had gotten a deal, they'd be like, oh, like Mark Cuban's running the company. I'm not worried about it. You know what I mean? But it's like, oh, I was a, a failed company. You know, a lot of people were like, oh, it's great that you're still in business. It's like, yeah, we are still in business. We are thriving. Like, yeah, actually... <laughs> yeah, we, we had something go viral right before. We were at 1.5 million in sales when we taped it, and we're at 7 million in sales now. And a very small portion of that is from Shark Tank. So yeah, we're thriving. People thought like, like, and that's kind of the problem with Shark Tank. If you don't get a deal, people are like, oh, like I'm so sad for you. Like, how are you doing? Like, how are you? You know, like how are you still in business? It's like, no, we're doing okay. We're doing good. We're legit. <laughs> <laughs> that uh that i mean that yeah that that is definitely well that that goes to, to the point of the people that are watching that just don't you know they want they're entrepreneurs in, in, in some cases right or right. they just don't understand like there's no such thing as bad publicity right and and in the case of shark tank <laughs> it, it might not just because it's a different access to a different audience that you wouldn't necessarily be targeting um, it doesn't mean that that's bad. It just means, you know, it's just right. People really have this perception that like, if you don't get a deal and, and of course everyone goes on there wanting a deal, you want a deal, you want someone, you know, you, you don't just want the money, you want the partnership and, and it is a great boost to your business, but you know, it's just a small part. We've talked about this before of like, you know, entrepreneurship and building a company is uh it is a marathon it is not a sprint and shark tank whether or not you get a deal is a very small part of the whole picture like people think it's make or break and it's not you know it can but there's plenty of people who've gotten deals and failed there are plenty of people who got deals and it never closed and there's plenty of people who didn't get a deal and are doing amazing so you know it's it's a it's a part of the puzzle but it's not the whole thing by any means and it's also you have to think about it 
I heard a statistic that just getting to air on Shark Tank or getting to pitch in front of the sharks on Shark Tank, it's been what now? Almost 14, it'll be on their 14th season. There's only a little over a thousand people that have been able to do that. So to be a right. part of the percentage is huge. Out of how many people try try out or, you know, try to get on the show, it's insane to be able to get in front of those entrepreneurs, those sharks and be able to show your product to the world. That's in itself huge. Right. It, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, this, we just kind of answered this question here. Did you increase in sales after airing on Shark Tank? And, uh, Leela, you, you, well, you did, uh, regard, like kind of regardless, uh, how about you, Lindsay? We did. And the thing I, and I think we're most proud of is that we we grew probably since airing on Shark Tank about 400% maybe uh, in sales, but we we consistently, so we went, we didn't just air on Shark, and I'm sure this has happened with other businesses, they air on Shark Tank and it's like, we, we, we got this burst of sales and then, you know, the sales go down. My, our goal with Totes Babies was to consistently keep and grow the sales, add new products, keep things growing and not just ride the wave of Shark Tank and think, oh, we're just going to ride this wave for the rest of our business. We want it to keep growing and we have. So it's consistently been growing as we've been adding new products. And I think that in itself is that's the key, you know, not just airing on the show and getting that big burst of sales. It's keeping it and being consistent and growing that and adding things to the business so that you don't your business doesn't fail. Okay. I, I think it's important to mention too, that the sharks aren't necessarily just looking for the sales to boost because of shark tank. You know, they, they, they're investing, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars because they expect it to grow outside of the one, you know, giant wave of, uh, of sales that are going to come in because of the exposure that Shark Tank right. brings to the table. Yeah. I always say like if Shark Tank was a sure thing for sales, then they would invest in every single business. Right. They know that, you know, again, it's a, it's a part of the puzzle for me. It was the day that it aired was our second biggest day ever. So it was definitely big for us. It wasn't the biggest. Um, it's been a, part of our overall growth. Like I said, it's very much like a, a TikTok going viral. We had like a, an in-style article that basically went viral. It was like posted on Apple News or whatever. That was amazing. Like right now we have a TikTok that's going to like 3 million views. Like Shark Tank gets four or 5 million views. So it's, it's basically like going viral. And that is amazing when it happens for your business. But it's like, you, no one can exist on just being a viral product, you know, like you have to, you have, you have to back that up with all sorts of other marketing and all sorts of other things that you're doing. You have to keep on. And I think with, with, at least with our business, with totes babies, I feel like I'm constantly trying to think of what's going to be the next big thing, you know, after TikTok or after, you know, it's like Facebook, Instagram. Okay. TikTok is big now, you know, it's like keeping up with what is on trend and also, always thinking of for us new ideas for the business and not just settling at least for our business. And if you want to succeed with the business, not settling where you're at, always trying to grow and reach new goals. Mm. So uh, FSY asked, do you guys believe in the law of attraction? 
One hundred percent. I am. Yeah. I am like such a self help person. Like, if you look at my like my uh, audio book mm-hmm. library, it's honestly it's pathetic. I think I I, <laughs> I have the most extensive self help library of all time. But um, yes, of course, that's one hundred and one law of attraction. One hundred and one. Of yeah. course. Also, uh, I've had. Every year now, since we started the idea of Totes Babies, I have a dream board and it's it's now like a poster. <laughs> it's in my right. office, the poster board. It keeps getting bigger and bigger. Soon it's going to be like the wall. But it's just to have that in <laughs> all the time. And also when we were preparing to, you know, fly to Vegas or not fly to Vegas, we were right in the, you know, the midst of the pandemic. So we we actually pitched in Vegas. And uh, not knowing if we were going to go or not, I had the short pink cast on my fridge in my bathroom. And I had it everywhere. And I would look at it every day. And my dad and I would practice a couple times a week. We'd practice outside. And we just just knew we were going to do it. We just didn't know when. So I think okay. that the dream board thing, a lot of my friends make fun of me for it. And they're like, okay, cool. Like, it's a big old poster in your room. And I'm like, just wait. I'm checking things no, out. No, you've got to do it. I, I have one when I was like single and I put a Cocker Spaniel dog on there and I ended up getting a dog then. And I think he was a Cocker Spaniel. I mean, just yeah. things that big or small, if you have it in front of you, you're more likely to reach that goal. Just like yeah. if you're and, right, and you make decisions that will get that will get you there. Right. Exactly. I, I, I think that I messed up, though, because I never imagine myself getting a deal i always just imagine myself walking down the hall i did that all day every day din, 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 walking down the hall you know i always pictured it and when i walk when i walked it i was like here we go it's happening i stopped there i had stopped there in my mind you know like and honestly i think it's for the best and i was, I was talking to someone who did get a significant investment and they're like you're so fucking lucky like like i said like we we were at I think 1.4 million in sales. Then we're at 7 million in sales now. I think probably without Shark Tank, we'd be yeah. at 6 million. So yeah. if I had given away the the piece of the business that I was willing to give away on that day, I would be kicking myself. I'd be so upset because I was able to, to grow it to where it needed to be grown on my own, you know, um, bootstrapping it. So maybe that's why. But I never pictured getting a deal. I only pictured walking down the hall. And that's what happened. I walked down the hall into the abyss. It's hard enough. I remember thinking at night over and over, there's no way I'm going to be able to walk down that hall. There's no, no way, no way. And then I'm like looking down at my feet before we actually did it. I'm like, why did I wear heels? What was I thinking? Where you're like, like am I, oh my gosh, like, am I, do I have hives? Do I, and it's like, what the heck is going on? Is this actually happening? You know? So it, it's almost like you kind of just go and you just black out and, like it's just like, Bleh. you know, <laughs> right? It's crazy. Oh yeah, I I basically had a stroke. I mean, if you <laughs> if you see my episode, I, like I yelled a curse word and like blacked out in the middle of it. So that's for yeah, that certainly know. wasn't on my vision board. That's but, right. Yeah. It's 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 a lot scarier than it looks. Yes, yes. I was saying, I think to you, Joe. My husband and I, when we were dating or engaged or something, we would watch the show once in a while and we would make up like this was before Totes Babies and everything. And we would make up 
like walking down like in our my townhouse like dun 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 and he'd be like hi mm-hmm. I'm Mark and I'm the inventor of blah 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 and I'm like, <laughs> could you imagine actually doing that that's so terrifying and then when I did it I'm like uh, it, that is uh so so the law you know law of attraction i yeah i i'm very much on the on the i mean i personally i don't do vision boards i do um i write like a letter almost every year and in that letter i write like what i want to happen and and not like a new year's resolution just like and it's not even just for that year it's like two three five years out like what i want things to look like and where I want to be. And, and it just it helped for me, it just helps clear my mind because otherwise it all just rattles around up there and it's, it makes it exactly. harder. Exactly. You got to clarify the vision. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. The follow-up question was what's the best self-help book you read? Oh God, I'm embarrassed to say mine, honestly. Um, Oh, <laughs> she was so embarrassed she left. Well, she's not. <laughs> She'll be back. Oh. Oh. That's how embarrassed I was. I don't know what happened. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard a lot. I can't even think. I don't even. I, I mean, love I the. What, so. What's the. Oh, did you? I, oh, I did. God. I did. Yeah. Love that. What are, what are they called? You got to. Uh, yeah, so one is uh, 31 Life-Changing Concepts. That was the first one I did. Oh, yeah. Uh, the second, nice. Uh, uh, the second one was How to Dream Big and Win, uh, which is oh. actually a coloring book. So it, you can get it online, like on like as a digital ebook, but um, you can buy it on Amazon. For, like I would get it in print so you can actually do the coloring part. Uh, and then the third one is I Self-Empower, uh, which was like 160 self-affirmations but it's like, um, if you've ever seen, oh, uh, what's the name of the artist? The one that does like the prints over and over and over again, like the same. It's like the same picture in different colors. Warhol, yeah. So it's Warhol, it's okay. like that. Um, but I I wrote like the self affirmations over and over and over on the page, and then I use them as uh, I use the opposite of like black text on white. So it's what it's uh, white text on black to paint letters onto each page. And there's hidden messages throughout the whole thing, almost like a flip book. Yeah. That's so, so cool. That, took ten, that. that one took 10 days to do. Uh, <laughs> and it was, uh, it was really, it was a fun, fun uh, experiment, but, but yeah. So, so, cool. so those, those are the three, but if I had to pick one outside of that, um, mm-hmm. uh, man, I would say either, either, both or either of Kevin Hart's audiobooks. Oh, I don't know the names of them, but I would both of them are mm. phenomenal listens. Like really, yeah, really, I listen really to all um, audiobooks. I don't uh, mm. actually physically read. So mine is "You Are a Badass," which like the tone of it, <laughs> the tone of it is so embarrassing. It's so bad. Like yeah. you have to be able to get past that because the content yeah. is real. And I've also "You Are a Badass" about money. I think is the second one. Um, about limiting beliefs about money. I love them. I mean, especially the first one. I listened to it a million times. It's especially hard to recommend to a man because of the tone. It's it's hard to get past. And I, I've recommended it to a lot of friends and they just couldn't get through it. Like there, it's it can be extremely corny, but like the message is, is so, so great. I, it helped me a lot. I like it too. And I think with, with different ones I've read throughout, 
I don't know, the past 10 years, I take little tidbits from each of them. And I find myself right. when I do even little, like, just talk with different people, I'll find myself saying a quote from one of them. And I'm like, yeah, no. like you didn't even realize how much you like, oh, yeah, it, keep it in there. Yeah. Is yeah, there one important. that you don't like? Because I can name one that I oh, there's I, so I, I there's so many like. where you start and you're just like, oh, I can't. Um, I, 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 I there's a lot more bad ones than there are good ones. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I another good one, but and I wouldn't. This is a little bit more spiritual, but the untethered soul. I don't know if you guys have read that one. That's a really yeah. good starter to like that's a real oprah book you know what i mean but it's really just about letting things go and not ruminating on things because i think a lot about and that's why self-help works and that's why so many entrepreneurs are obsessed with self-help because you kind of have to be happy and you have to be if not happy um positive and optimistic because if you're not you're not going to get into it like you know every everyone you know who's not an entrepreneur they're just like oh my God, I could never do that. They have ideas, but they're like, I could never do that because of this, 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 this. Like you have yeah. to be kind of like, you know, a little bit super optimistic and, and kind of like a little bit, I mean, some people consider you dumb or crazy or whatever, you know, like you, you have to be able to do things that most people would say, oh, that's never going to work because we, you know, the odds are against you. And that's really where self-help comes in and says, you know, it's not about your circumstance. It's everything is about your mindset. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, one I would say I was under severely underwhelmed by was the subtle art uh, of not giving an F. Oh, um, I can't, the tone I couldn't do. I couldn't get, yeah. yeah. I mean, I tried listening. I listened, I got through it, but I, I just was left with like, I don't understand why so many people think so highly of this book. No, like, but you know what I think it is? It's because when people first dip their toe in the world of it, they've never even thought about mindset. So any mm. book in their first book and because of the title people who aren't normally into self-help get into it so a lot of times a book will be really popular even though people like us who read all of them are like oh this is 101 crap you know everybody knows this it's super repetitive <laughs> but if you never thought like that you're like yeah you know what i mean yeah i would so i would I, I, you know what that's a fair point so i would say that kevin hart's first book is way better because it's more about his life than it is yeah. the second the second one's like if you if you're like a adolescence to teen you know teenager late teenager and have like no direction no like no real good like mentor figure in your life and you just you just don't know what you don't know like that's a great book for you like i listened right. to it and was like yeah this is all basic stuff like i i already wrote about some of this stuff in my book right uh, you're like i literally wrote this book yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know for for me it's like ah eh, you know it, that's cool but but yeah the first book absolutely like that's the one that stands out um that's great uh what was it there was another question a couple well a couple little questions here uh al williams what's up al uh says is there a time limit to your your to pitch your idea uh on shark tank so I don't th – I mean, I think the, the request from the producers is like a minute and a half, right, if I'm not oh, mistaken? Oh, the actual pitch? The actual pitch. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it has to be very yeah. short. It has to be short. But the timeline that you're in there, some people have been in there for, what, a couple hours? But, yeah, the actual Two hours, yeah. is a certain very short. Um, let's see. Uh, A. Patel – says did you have a better experience with product designers or manufacturers or both went smooth 
Oh, manufacturing never goes smooth. I personally am a designer. I'm a product designer. So designer, design, excellent. Manufacturing never goes smooth. It's a nightmare. We we actually, our manufacturers are great uh, because we, my, my dad was friends with them. They're overseas, but he knew them ahead of time. But with how anything's going overseas right now, getting it here, you know, is that's the messy part. Uh, but, and as far as the product designing aspect, we actually, the designer we use, that we've used for all of our packaging and our iPhone holder, iPad holder, and the products we're working on now, he's from 99design. He's actually in Ukraine. So we, mm. I posted about him recently that he's still working. Uh, he's actually working on our next packaging, but it's, it's difficult, obviously, what's going on over there. Um, but we still work with him and that it's actually been so kind of cool meeting somebody from a different country that's working on our different packaging and design that we've been working now with for almost four years. So I think wow. both experiences were great, but as far as manufacturing, anything overseas right now is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I, it, it, yeah, for the last two years, it's been, it's been a crazy ride, um, you know, from shipping, you know, manufacturing to shipping to, literally i mean getting materials and and everything <laughs> is is quite a challenge as as a whole um let's see this question is uh, how how long are the pitches like an episode is edited and many parts are not included how long is a pitch in general uh i mean generally i 45 minutes to to an hour, hour 40, 45 minutes that that was yeah. mine 45 i think and yeah, then usually I mean, around like kind of you know i was in there like I don't even know how long we were in there for because it's like <laughs> I know I was blacked out, but I think the time I, I like, left there and yeah. I was like, "Did I cry?" Like I'm like just like right. what happened in there. Um, but also, so yeah, usually by ours was probably I think around 45 minutes. But the actual first initial pitch, they don't usually edit a lot of that. I don't think you know. I think mm. I mean Mine I think, was edited. I think the first little initial pitch part is where that's why they keep it short so that they can not have to edit that i would i think yeah i mean or edit much of it like i mean you see like yeah. there's probably time like when there's like oh we're gonna walk over here right. and do a demonstration and they you know they chop that off because right. there's no reason to see somebody walk across the stage right. for you know five seconds is a long time when you're talking about trying to get an hour down to eight minutes or you know right. it's yeah. <laughs> every second literally every second counts right it's, it's funny because you'll see when like there's um, anomalies like that where there's extended periods of time where it's like they didn't need to have that breath there or they didn't need yeah. to like have that extended like them staring at the camera right before they hi sharks you know kind of thing it's like well they did because they have to make the the, the show fit the commercial scheme uh, you know for for commercial purposes so it, it, it's like oh did this second matter or, or not matter but um you know it's just it's just funny to see things like that but i think sometimes uh, they oh. also too want to show well like mine my pitch was edited because i yelled a curse word and there was a long pause <laughs> afterwards and then i had to like get my get my stuff back together so that took up a big portion of the time that was allotted for the pitch. So then they cut the end of it, that you know, TV though. I watched that episode. <laughs> like, first of all, I love the pink suit. Okay. That was, Thank you. and when I saw that, I'm like, she rocks. This is good. This is good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it got me aired at least. 
Yes. <laughs> uh, FSY says, uh, are you guys debt free and do you avoid getting into debt? I think that's a, that's a really great, great question. Um, I am pretty much debt free. We take Shopify loans. So, um, you pay them off with your sales which is amazing. So um, yes, you're in debt, but it's like a really short term, high interest debt. Um, so not too bad. Right. Ours is through, um, we pretty much invest into our next products. We're working on a new product right now. So we're actually grateful that we grew so much to be able to invest into what we're working on now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We're generally self-funded, but we do take those Shopify loans when we get them. And basically Shopify, once, once you start getting a little bit of sales and they've been offering them since the beginning, um, once you get a little bit of sales, they'll give you a loan to, um, basically be able to buy more inventory so they can continue to make money, you know? So they, they really help you fund your inventory. Cause what ends up happening is like, even when you're bootstrapping, your sales from a thousand pieces are not going to buy you 10,000 more pieces, you know? So even though we're profitable, you end up needing help to get the inventory to keep growing. And that's where they've been great. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that, uh, really on you, on both of your ends is, is really, um, helpful. So in, like in, in my world where we would buy inventory and then the pe- maybe like 80 to 90% of the people we would sell it to would have terms. So they wouldn't pay us for 30 days, 60 days, sometimes 90 days, and in some extreme cases, longer than that. So we had to, we had to fund, you know, the, the bridge, you know, bridge the gap there between like, hey, we bought it, said inventory, we sold said inventory, and now we need to wait 60, 90 days plus to actually collect the money. And that's where you you can really start to get in trouble, especially if um, you say sell a lot to one big customer, and and you're like, oh, you know, and I mean, this could happen to either one of you. Oh, we're selling the Walmart, hooray! And they're like, cool, like we'll send you the money, you know, eventually. Uh, no, thank <laughs> you. I mean, you know, I, like I've been a designer for over 20 years, like we, I always worked with wholesale businesses. It is so challenging. Exactly. It's hard to fund the POs. A lot of times, like, especially with old school department stores, they would send back your merchandise or they would sell it at such a heavy discount. You can't make money. Like direct to consumer is such a blessing. It really is like you've so much control. And it's like, if it's not working out, you could just get out of it, you know, versus like having all these people owe you money and, oh, it's just so messy. Right. And I think we're in the different products, but for us, I think that people that have a product like, like we have, some people don't realize that when it comes to retail, there's so many other things that go into like, you know, for instance, we, we are working with different retailers, but we have, we know that we're going to be making money because of the different costs that come in with it. Do you know what I mean? Because some people think, Oh, great. We're going into Walmart yet they're not going to make any money because they don't realize the different things that are taken out from that. So that's something too. If you are an entrepreneur with a product watching this and you want to get into retail, make sure you know what they take out from the, you know, Walmart, Target, 
bye bye baby, whatever it is, before trying to go that route. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I, I not debt adverse. Uh, I think it's just a matter of being really smart about the debt that you take on and, and using it right. tactically tactfully or tactily I, I can't talk can't talk right now uh but you making sure that you're using it very smartly and and not just you you know using it as a as a tool not like like oh free money like let's let's go to town and and uh you know bet the house on it uh All right like i think it's best if you can if it's possible to test the concept before you start putting a ton of money on it we t- we talked about this last time it's like Try to make, that's what I did. I made a small amount, you know, it wasn't a huge investment. And there are ways to develop your product that isn't a huge investment either. Like try to do it as cheap as possible. Get your first product, put it put it out there. And of course it depends on what it is. But for us, like, you know, we, we were able to get a website made by an amazing person on Upwork. You know, we were able to get our product developed by a small amount of it, start running ads you know like just like a cheap ad we made ourselves on facebook and again like you can use freelancers to use that to do that or we did it ourselves i did it myself you know and just see if there's interest see if there's people responding to it before you start taking on huge amounts of debt and you know don't work with these manufacturers that have gigantic minimums where you're going to get stuck your Mm -hmm. product will evolve many many times like you're not going to have the same exact product you started in the beginning than you will in the end so buy it really small test it get feedback see what people are thinking and then start to put the money into it i think a lot of people on shark take there's so many people have said oh we bought all this inventory because we had these huge minimums or to make the mold we had to do this 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 no find another manufacturer don't do that yeah and i think that some people too think i've got this great idea i've got I put so much money into the prototype and the design and this and this, I'm going to be making money after six months or a year or maybe, but maybe probably not. not. And you have to know that that is how it is. And you have to just be consistent and you have to also just not give up because you're not making instant money. You know, that's not usually the way it works, but uh, yeah. Yeah. And launch small, like launch one product don't like develop this full range mm-hmm. like yeah just be like I, I i've had a business before that failed and it was like you know just a fashion line and it was my name and it was tons of different products and every season we came out with all this new stuff and we you know did runway shows and blah blah, blah. no don't do that <laughs> like and don't do the equivalent of that you know what i mean like keep it really narrow keep it really tight find this one hero product that like when you tell your friends about it they're like oh my god i need that i want that it can't just be your need like it has to be like when you tell other people about it they're like i want that you know mm-hmm. not like oh surely someone will want this like they need to be like yes that's awesome you know and then just like develop that one hero a product buy it small get it out there test it for sure yeah, yeah, I, yeah, definitely. The MVP got to go with the the minimum viable right. product exactly. every every time. Keep it lean as lean as possible. And I mean, that's one of the things I always see. Like we, you know, we see it on Shark Tank all the time. It's like, ah, oh, I got you know a, a hundred SKUs or even fifty SKUs, and it's like, well, you're literally just getting started. So how are you dividing up the time, the energy, and the money, the little bit that you have? 
or, you know, the, the limited to know that you have, uh, and and being able to uh, divide that amongst all those things, right. and then market to all those people to get enough attention no. for each of them to be no. able to float it. It's so it's <laughs> maddening, and it's maddening for other people too, right? Because yeah. people want to be able to see one thing and think, oh, that's the thing. That's right. it's that one thing, right? Like. Um, we don't have the resources that like a, a, a Pepsi Frito-Lay has, right? Where we're like, oh, right. we just, you know, we put it in the silos. And then when you think of, you know, chips, you think of this company, or even you think of soda, you think of a Pepsi. And, and um, you know, we have other lines that are, you know, colas as well, but they're, they are just separate. Like they are, they have their own branding, their own, you know, you wouldn't even, with the exception of maybe Diet Pepsi, you wouldn't know that it's a Pepsi company. Right. Did we lose him? Oh, we lost. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're never got wrong. Oh. Just be taken out. <laughs> Weird. Oh, I was. No, I was just talking. Everything. Everything was fine. Weird. Um, <laughs> sure, it was good. Sure, it was good. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was talking about where did you where did they drop off at uh, Pepsi uh, and how they have their own silos and stuff. Oh no, what is going on oh, here? No. It's like musical chairs. Um, all right, I know. We I have, like we it. It's got, it adds a little excitement. I know. You yeah, never right. know who's going out. <laughs> <never> <laughs> uh, I know we got to wrap up here uh, in a minute, but uh, real quick, you want to give your thirty-second answers to uh, the next these last two questions before we wrap up here. Oh, somebody, somebody asked something. Yes. Uh, oh, can you see it? Yeah, yeah, I see something. So, 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 so uh, Udit says, uh, joining late, so pardon if this has already been previously asked. Was the tank experience useful for your learning as an entrepreneur? And if so, how? I think for, for us, when we went in there, well, first of all, the whole process of getting to pitch in front of them in itself was a learning experience with our financials, with our product, with everything. I mean, everything. Uh, just that was personally for us. And also what I said before we went in there is that no matter what happens, I'm going to take everything they say and use that as we're put it into our business, good or bad, and take that constructive criticism if they say that. And we literally took everything they said and implemented it into our business. For instance, Mark Cuban said, you should go to grocery. And we had been thinking about that, but we didn't really do anything with that right away. So we did that pretty much right away working on that and different things like that. So everything that they said, we were like sponges and took that in. So yes, it was very useful for us personally. Yeah, I agree. I mean, just the amount of, um, you really have to get your financials together. You really have to learn and understand um, your financials, how your business is doing, what your growth plan is. Um, so, so in, in that way, it was really helpful. Also, me personally, I had never pitched to anyone before. Um, probably probably should have gotten a little practice before I went on there, as you can see from my performance. But, like, <laughs> it really – it taught me a lot about pitching. And, you know, we are going to raise um, a significant amount of money in August or September. So um, I'm so glad that I got that because I had prepared so much – I had prepared my financials really well and I had prepared 
how to deal when they made me an offer, <laughs> which I was not prepared for them to not like it or have doubts or have issues and question certain aspects of my business. So it that was really helpful for me. That really made me realize, like, if you go into a pitch, you need to be prepared for any question. And the questions they ask me are the questions that any um, any investor would ask me. So right, and you were glad doing to know it now. You were doing it by yourself, which. I had my dad next to me. Otherwise, I don't. I don't know if I. I don't know if I could have done it by myself. Honestly, right. I don't because I. You know, you did that by yourself, and that in itself is a huge accomplishment. And I, I thought it was extremely <laughs> in a movie. So, <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Definitely learned a lot, though. Oh, yes. Uh, he also asks, uh, "What's the easiest and what's the toughest thing about being an entrepreneur?" Uh, the easy, yeah, the easiest or the best is, um, you know, setting your own terms, doing when working when you want and how you want and building the company that you want. I mean, I worked for so many other people in the fashion industry and I never liked the way people ran their companies. I never liked, you know, who they were hiring for what I never, you know, you know, when you work with other people, you have an issue with everything. Right. Um, and so to be able to build a company and to say, this is how, I mean, for me in fashion, this is how we're going to do fit. I never liked the way any other company did fit. These are the type of people we're going to hire. This is, we're going to, this is the kind of emphasis we're going to put on fit and marketing and blah, blah, blah. Like to be able to say that stuff, is amazing. Um, but everything else is, oh my God, so challenging. I mean, it really, every single day, it, there's a new challenge. There's a new issue. I mean, hiring in general is really, really challenging. I'd say hiring is our biggest challenge right now. Um, figuring out who's going to be freelance, who's going to be full-time. Are we willing to take this person who doesn't want to work full time, but they're amazing. We are trying to grow to $20 million this year and we need full time people. We can't just have freelancers, but, um, you know, and then, you know, putting out job posts and getting hundreds of applications, only three of which are really what you're looking for and getting through all that. So I would say hiring is the challenge manufacturing. And um, there's a lot of instability right now. There's instability in the world. There's in, um, for me, like uh, COVID is, Omicron is just hitting Asia. You know what I mean? Like you think you're like over it and it's coming back around. So the instability and, and um, all the things that can go wrong in manufacturing are the other problems. So hiring and manufacturing for me are the most difficult. Yeah. And I would say for kind of piggybacking on what you said was, it's amazing to have your own hours, be your own boss. I mean, that's huge. I, I never want to work for anybody else ever again, but also you're your own boss. So it's kind of, it's, it's a great thing, but it's also for me, it's hard to shut it off sometimes. And especially with a three-year-old and four-year-old little boys who are constantly running around and sick a lot because of daycare and things. And, you know, I'll be working for my kitchen and then playing, but then needing to finish an email, but then needing to do a Zoom. And it's, it's kind of, it's the best thing, but sometimes I need to, I personally need to learn when to shut it off and when to know that, like, I don't have to get back to this person right this second. I can get back to them tomorrow morning type of thing. Uh, so I think for me, that's the most challenging. And of course, the overseas manufacturing, everything happening there and 
the the price increase with everything with that that's another thing but there's there's so many benefits to it but it's also one thing i also love about being an entrepreneur is that every day is different too i feel like every day there's something new which can be good and bad but i love that about it yeah that's true that's definitely true it's never boring never yeah <laughs> yeah it, well it isn't it isn't boring and then i always say as entrepreneurs we're professional problem solvers uh, so that's like literally it's the, it's the job description uh, for us to be able to to go and handle those types of uh, those types of issues as they they pop up. I'm uh, Leela. I, I remember when I think when we talked when we did your interview, you had had a problem with shipping. Uh, everything got soaked or something. That oh happened. yeah, my boxes were wet. I mean that's like that's like oh. seventy five issues ago. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a ticket number. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We did. We actually just hired an amazing logistics and planning person. Um, I'm so excited about, and a production person. So hopefully, I was managing all of that. You know, like I don't know. I don't know how to get my boxes shipped here. I don't know. I don't know. You know. <laughs> so um, yeah, hopefully it'll be, get better. I would say the other challenge too, actually with all that is letting go, you know, as, mm -hmm. as you start hiring, um, mm -hmm. like there's certain things where I hire someone and I'm like, thank God I'm never reading an email on the subject again. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I feel about like certain aspects. And there's certain things where I'm like, like Joe, we talked about this. Like I like to answer all the comments on the ads. Like that's like, me too. yeah, that's my yeah. obsession. And it's like, we're yeah. running a lot of ads right now right like it's it's going into our busy season and you know we just launched new ads and it is a lot i have way more important stuff that i should be working on and i can't yeah. i can't and i don't trust anyone else to do it so mm -hmm. like totally the same uh, that yeah that's really hard for me like there's certain things that like like the social media thing the stuff that's so public facing it's really hard for me to let go but i know once i find the right person i'll be like Fine. yep you know it makes me wonder i wish they had um a way for you to ha maybe and maybe they do because i haven't really looked into facebook i haven't run facebook ads in a couple of years now but they should have a manager's uh, like a manager's login that they can reply to those comments, but then you have to approve it before it goes out. Mm, but that's kind of the same amount of work. But the, just reading instead of having to type and think about like, you, yeah, they do the that's thinking. True. you're just that's like true. approve, 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 approve. That's true. Ooh, that one decline and it sends it back right. to them. Too. Because like, obviously a Facebook post you know, the comments are constantly added, especially if you're running it like, you know, hard, right. it, it's going right. to, they're going to be coming in. So it's a lot to go back and like, Ooh, where's that? Con I can't even find that comment now because there's just so much interaction. You're so, so right. They, they that, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. I, but there isn't a way to like draft. I don't think. Maybe everybody's comments are so different too on Facebook. Like, and right. People say just things that just crack me up, and I'm like, okay, what? <laughs> I know, I love that stuff. But like, then if you can respond in a funny way, that'll make your ad, you know, yeah. versus oh, like yeah. just I mean, doing that canned response. I know for forever I won't be able to do that to respond right. to everybody. But it's like I can't. I cannot let go of certain things at all. I mean, yeah. and it's it's hard. But I remember Sarah Blakely saying on Shark Tank, if you can hire up and do something that can help you out or do something that somebody else is better at doing, do it because 
we can't do it all all the time, especially as our businesses right. are. But I have a very hard time with that too. Yeah, but no one's better at the comments than me. No one. No. One. <laughs> well, the other thing is like I because I read every single comment, I know what people are looking for. So like I also made the last ad, right? And I made it so every single thing that people say in all of my comments, because for me, I have a lace back swimsuit, you pull the ties, it sucks you in, right? Everyone goes, I would look like a busted can of biscuits. Everyone says this, right? This is like such a common thing, right? So in the ad, I put a quick clip of a model holding a busted can of biscuits, right? So once <laughs> the first comment came in, I was like, Please see the There's a model holding a busted can of biscuits so you can see the difference, right? And everyone's like, oh, that's the best thing I've ever seen. Everyone like went back and watched the ad and was like, oh my God, I can't believe that's in there. You know, I would have never known to shoot that and put it in if I hadn't been reading all the comments. Mm -hmm. But yeah, gotta let it go. Someone, uh, I gotta let it go. I, obviously, mm -hmm. I, you know what it is? I think that I'm too clever. I think that I'm so clever. That's my problem. <laughs> I'm like good one, good one. Well, you know, well you're in you're in LA, right? Yeah. So you should be able to find some improv artist or something that you know needs a part time job answering YouTube comments. But then it's like, are they going to be as like I want it done? Well, the minute you got to find in. the right one. You got to yeah, find the right yeah, one, yeah. obviously. So as you got to do the interview process, which you know it kind of goes off this question here from Brian. That's an interesting says, idea, though. Is a is a plan organizer worth the investment, even if you have other employees doing certain tasks, examples, HR, and training? Is a plan organizer what's a plan even if you have other employees doing certain tasks? Oh, you sound like oh, a robot. Like yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, me? Is that? Oh. Okay, that might fix it. Okay. Can you hear me? I have to take out my my headphones. Oh no! That that's probably, that, that's what, probably it what it is. Oh, okay, they're dead. <laughs> I'll be the plan organizer. Okay, for my okay. kids, for everything. For everything. You you. I'm sorry. You, I'm sorry. You, I, everything everything, I, everything is is, <laughs> is, robotic, is robotic now. now. All right, let me mute myself. I'm gonna mute myself. Okay. Okay. Oh, I you know I can mute you from, here. You from oh, here. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Oh, I, oh, still, oh wait. Okay, there we go. So, I'm oh, sorry, what were you going to say, Lindsay? I was going to say, I want a plan organizer for my life. Like, I want, like, a personal assistant for my life. I want somebody to do my laundry, okay, that's upstairs that's been sitting there for years. But that's on the back burner because, not years, but a week. Um, <laughs> Just keep buying new clothes. I, it's okay. I don't want to do it. But to you. I, I personally do not have an organizer. But I think if it's something that's going to serve you and it's going to benefit you and make your life a little bit less stressful, do it. Oh, that's a great voice for a metal that, list. For a <laughs> metal voice, uh, band vocalist. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I think that uh, any any position that you can afford to, you know, right. responsibly hire for, um, is is great. You know, to be able to to fill that you know that need, and you know, if you like, you get to a point where it's like, oh, we need a nanny. Right. If that's what you know. That's what. Uh, you need in order to be able to have the hours to do what you need to do. Like that's the, that's really where you need to be looking, right? But you gotta, you gotta do the sales first. You gotta do the work, right? You gotta answer all the comments and 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 you know pack all the 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 product in and and get it you know shipped uh, yourself until you have well, enough. 
No, I'm cutting out. Oh no. No, man, this is just okay, not just going like, well. <laughs> am I am I still cutting out? No. Oh okay. A little bit. A little bit. All right. We need to wrap this up anyway. Oh, no. I cannot. I tried to unmute. I tried to unmute. All right. We're going to wrap this up. All right. Everyone, we greatly appreciate you watching and making it to the end here. Uh, This is not how I expected the end of my video. I don't think I've ever had a video end like this. But anyway, it has been an absolute pleasure to have Leela Shams and Lindsay Flyshower, if I I say it right, here with us today on uh tank talk (laughs) i'll see you in one of these two videos over here take care and go be super